Radioholic. He's cotton green seeds. Now she had East down the border. Oh, a couple of good haircuts. All on. Yep, St. Barbara's. Obviously. It's like a hair sandwich. It's actually more like an ass. Put your heads together. All right, welcome back, Geoholics. Episode 189. 189. 11 more to the big. Two zero zero. It's. I mean, we might we might hit it like right around. Well, what is that? Thanksgiving? Nine weeks? I don't know. We got we got some breaks in the action there and stuff. Yeah, well, I think we'll still hit around Thanksgiving. Yeah, probably Thanksgiving. Yeah. So stay tuned for more on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, what's up, buddy? Uh, not a whole lot. No. Uh, we're in the dog days of summer still. <laughs> we are. We are fully entrenched in those. As a matter of fact, right now it's horrible. One fifteen today. Yeah, yeah, we thought we were through it, and, and we weren't. Uh, not a whole lot new, uh, you know, just school and getting my kid into some fun stuff. Going to play basketball. You were your kid. Old, my kid. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm also going to start in a uh, 45 and older basketball league. Nice. I, I got an exemption because I'm not quite, quite 45, but they determined to be old, fat, and slow enough to qualify, you, so I'm in. You probably could have made it into the 50 and older league. I mean, if they really would do a whole tryout yeah i would be in the the whatever the worst slowest uh, oldest league that would be me absolutely what about you buddy what's new with you what is new with me um let's see big fantasy football draft over the weekend Ooh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, very very happy with my team getting to the start of football i also had a fantasy football draft this weekend so yeah there's gonna this is the season yeah get gear up get my get all my uh my betting you know for the season get those locked in bag of quarters you know i just gotta because <laughs> Pull up yeah, as much spare change as I can to yep. put it on all the magic winners I'm going to have. You should indeed. Uh, uh, who's, your, uh, who's your top pick? I just got to uh, Top pick was uh, Bijan Robinson. Ooh. At number seven. Yeah, I think Ooh. he fell to number seven. Ah, he's a rookie, though. That's kind of, that's, 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 that. he's going to be all right. I mean, he'll be all right. I, I, if you nothing. put any weight on the platform and how they grade your draft, you know, at the end of it, they grade sure. all the drafts yeah. A plus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone so, who's listening that knows what that is knows it's never a determination of who's going to do well. I'm going to score the most points in the league. That's all I know. <laughs> the one or the other. Funny story is like me and my buddy, we're both doing a draft together and we're both using this third party app to help you like rank and like decide yes. which guys to pick. Yes. And then we get done and we push the button and the the third party platform obviously says we did awesome because we took all its advice. <laughs> we're like, okay, well. Of course, the the thing that ranks your players and you tell and you do what it says right. is going to tell you to do it awesome every single time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why wouldn't they? I mean, of course. Right? Yeah. But two other things. I watched the Johnny Manziel. Oh, I think that's good, right? That's good. That guy. Holy cow. <laughs> he I've, lived large. I've, I've heard that's really good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Johnny Football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shawnee Podcast. That's me. You like it? Um, I think it's going to stick. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, I did go to see some live music over this past weekend. Told you about it last uh, oh, last minute. You couldn't make it, but I got to give a shout out to this band. Them Dirty Roses is the name of the band. Yeah, was it good? Amazing. Really? Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. It, they're one of those bands that I see them at the Rebel Lounge with like 100 other people. <laughs> Two years from now, they're going to be playing in front of who knows. 
500 times that or something. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, they're going to, they are amazing. So cool. them dirty roses. We also have uh, Aaron Michelenko with us. Hey there. Hi, Aaron. Good to be here again. You're somewhat of a regular. Been on here. Was this your third, fourth time? Uh, four. Yeah. Next time I get a t shirt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You do qualify for a t shirt next. Yeah. <laughs> we might even give you one on the way out tonight. No, I think we should do it like SNL and do like a five timers club. <laughs> No, I've got a few. We just found some sport jacket at the Goodwill. And uh, <laughs> is that like the uh, iron on a logo? <laughs> is that like the Mile High Club in any way? Not in any way. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> so, what's new with you, man? Your, your content on LinkedIn is always uh, interesting. Thank you. Thank yep. You. And uh, enjoy it immensely. So, anybody who's listening who isn't already following Aaron Michelenko on LinkedIn, you need to. Thank you. Thank yes. You. Yeah. I'm just out there having fun with the new uh, AI and all the new programs out there. So, Living it up. We're going to talk more about this. Great time to be alive. Where is this going to end? I swear. It's mind blowing, but we're going to get more to that. I appreciate you joining us tonight. Thank you. Uh, Opening number real quick. Uh, Guy by the name of Leon Bridges. That was a song, Smooth Sailing. Uh, Kent, you're about the only person that doesn't know this guy. Leon Bridges, an American singer, songwriter, and musician known for his soulful, vintage-inspired R&B sound. Mm. He was born on July 13th, 1989 in Atlanta, Georgia, and raised in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm. With a smooth and powerful voice, Leon Bridges quickly established himself as a promising talent in the contemporary R&B scene. Mm. As a performer, he is known for his captivating live shows that exude charisma and charm. I mean, I said that about you just yesterday, how much you exude (laughs) charisma and charm. Isn't it like when you're listening to Leon Bridges type music, isn't it like every once in a while you go, "Mm." Yeah, you you, can't. You can't have to like, you just like get up to get something. You got to kind of like glide to it, you know, like just everything's smoother. Everything's a little smoother. All right. We are in the Get Kids Into Survey studio this evening. And um, if we haven't mentioned it already, I believe we have, there is now a West Coast version of Get Kids Into Survey. There is. And our good friend Trent Keenan is, of course, the franchisee. Franchiser, franchisee. I'm going to go with E. He's a franchisee. First one in the States, I believe. Mm-hmm. So the West Coast Get Kids in a Survey. You can find out more about them at getkidsinasurvey.com forward slash USA dash West dash Coast forward slash about. I mean, there's more. Uh, there's more. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, just <laughs> like Google it. Everybody else, just Google Get Kids in a Survey West Coast. Exactly. You'll get there. I promise. Okay. Uh, next up, the Airworks. Yeah. Random trivia. What do you have? This is better be a good one, buddy. Uh, I mean, we have, we have pressure. We Airworks have, royalty have, in the house. Air, Airworks in the house. So um, I chose a little bit of trivia nuggets about college football. College football season oh, is going to start on Thursday. Um, uh, so uh, let's go back in history. Do you know when the first college football game was? 1896. 1869. Oh, wow. It was between. I was between Princeton and Rutgers. Each team had 25 players, and you cannot, uh, they did not allow forward passes. So uh, Rutgers won with a score of six to four. Um, also, that's <laughs> a shitty start. Yeah. <laughs> back then, all goals were worth one point each. All goals? Yeah. Four goals. Hmm. No, six no, to four. Six to, ten. Six to four. Ten. So six to four. Six to four. 
<laughs> goals like you cross the end zone line as a goal. Yeah. And back then the field was 120 yards long and 70 yards wide. Now it's 153 and a third yards. So you just had to run or pitch a band. Yeah, it was it's like rugby. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Yale is credited with the most winning the most national championships. They won 18. Princeton has won 17. However, neither one has won anything since crazy. 1927. Uh, the Rose Bowl is the granddaddy of all bowls. Um, the first one was played on January 1st, 1902, with Michigan crushing Stanford 49 to 0. Now, this has always been the winner of the Big Ten and the Pac 10 conference, now the Pac 12, and about to be, if you know anything about conference realignment, the Pac 12 is down to four teams. And there is currently some talk about whether it's going to add a bunch more or just. Go away. Isn't there like 12 in the Big Ten? Oh, there's like six or more, right? There's, there's not yeah. 10. Well, it depends on when because uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but uh, UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington are all going to the Big Ten. That's and crazy. Uh, uh, Arizona State, Arizona, and Utah are all going to the Pac 12 along with Colorado, who already went. That's crazy. I mean, it used to be regional, you know, yeah, now it's, it's like the big 10 was the Midwest. Yeah. Now and it's completely it, because it all started with expenses that has to increase for these colleges for travel yeah. and stuff like that. But again, it's 2023, not 1869. They're not taking a, a, a horse to get there. They can fly <laughs> and there's, you know, that's true. there's video and internet and all kinds of things. So anyway, a couple last ones. Uh, the longest winning streak in college football is Oklahoma in 1953 to 1957. They won 47 straight games in the year 1905 uh, before certain safety requirements. Uh, they had the most 18 people died in the college football season in 1905. Like a plane was, crash or something? No, I think that was just before helmets and oh, uh, interesting. You know, and uh, lastly, a little local local nugget. Uh, John Paul II held a mass for 75,000 people in 1987 as part of his American tour. And Sun Devil Stadium was the place for the mass. Wow. However, before the, the mass, they had to cover up all the Sun Devil logos because you couldn't have nice. a bunch of devils in the Catholic mass. Uh, 1987. And I don't know if the Sun Devils have had a winning season since. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it was. He put the curse in that. <laughs> uh, they, they've had a handful of. They've done. They've done pretty yeah, well. Right, you got a whole Jake. Are you pretty excited about this year, aren't you? So they can't go to the can't go to the bowl, uh, bowl game. Yeah, self-imposed. Ah, yep, yep. All right, are we ready to move on? We are. All right. Next up, we have the Advanced Genetic Surveys AGS Weekly Words of Wisdom. This is very applicable to our topic this evening. The purpose of extracting 3D data is to transform the real world into a digital representation, enabling us to analyze, understand, and interact with it in a new and powerful and new and powerful ways. Uh, David Lasner. Not sure who that is, but he's credited for that quote. Oh, okay. All right. And I kind of liked it. That, that, yeah. Nice. Nothing is shattering. <laughs> All right, let's get our guest on. This is, of course, sponsored by XYHT Magazine. If you have not got your free subscription of XYHT, go to xyht.com forward slash subscribe. I mean, definitely the best geospatial 100%. newsletter out there. I don't think there's Publication, another. whatever, yeah. yeah. Yep. Paper and digital. Yes, absolutely. All right. So we have Adam Krasnowski with us this evening. Adam? Hey there. What's up, man? How are you? This is your like at least third time, right? This is my third time. Does that count like our uh, our uh, meeting at conferences and stuff like that? Oh no, that would then this would be the fourth time. Fourth time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are everywhere, and you are of course with AirWorks. A little bit about you: you are from Maine. Right. Originally, originally from Maine, and you went to University of Southern Maine. 
Yeah. Home of the the, the, the bears, maybe? The huskies. The huskies. The huskies. <laughs> the huskies. <laughs> Sorry, that's how much I care. <laughs> Diehard alum there. Diehard alum. He donates every year. <laughs> if I remember right, you and your family love to spend time outdoors, right? We certainly do. Yeah. Still do. Family. Still do. Yep. We were outdoors all this weekend. Oh, yeah. And every last Camping night. and just hanging yeah, out. Boating. Awesome. Can get the last drop of it in. Awesome. Before it goes to ice. Yeah. 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 It's kind of weird to talk about right now, but yeah. It is indeed. Did you have a did you have an icebreaker to do here? Not yet. I will though. Oh, okay. We're almost there. Okay. Um just curious. And you talked about living off grid. Yeah. Still in the works? It's still in the works. I mean it's yep. gonna take a long time. And I, I would I would actually change that maybe a little bit. Uh I would maybe like to identify with uh, being more self sustaining. I think okay. living completely off grid is I like that. Self sustaining. It's, it's a little it's it's ch- more challenging probably than everybody thinks, but yeah, you know, I I still do like technology. Yeah, just want to be able. To I mean, I mean, you picked yeah. an interesting career to <laughs> yeah. be off grid. Yeah, it keeps a balance. Double life here. It's true, but I think that's what it will take, right? Yeah. Works. Seriously. Yeah. 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 That's super cool. Um, and you are, unless your title has changed, co-founder and COO of Airworks. Yeah, it did change a little bit. Any more titles to add? I know. I mean, I am. I always say you can put whatever you want behind my name. As long as I still remain a co-founder, I'm a happy member. Oh, yeah. All exactly. Right? Yeah. So I don't do too much on, you know, the overall, well, I mean, I do in a way, the overall operations of the company. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, my latest title is uh, Chief Evangelist. Um, so maybe something a little funny, trendy. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, it kind of uh, wraps up what I do, which is travel all over the place. We were gonna we are gonna ask you about that here in just a minute. Mm-hmm. Um so we have the chief evangelist. We also have Chief Geek, Mark Taylor. There we go. Yeah. He's on the roster. Yeah. And yep. uh what are you? Chief uh come back uh, to that one. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Yeah, we gotta do the Trimble Pro Point icebreaker because okay. I know Sean is very excited about this. I am. All right. I'm gonna start with uh Adam on this. All right. Okay. If you could have any superpower related to technology, what might that be? Yeah, well, it kind of goes back to the self-sustaining thing. We work really hard to put good food on our tables, right? Spend a lot of money yeah. going out eating at lots of good, nice restaurants. So I would, uh, I would like some sort of pod or some sort of contraption that could just automatically grow my food whenever I want it. Wherever I was, whether I was yep. here in 116 degrees or if I was in Maine in negative 30, that's still pumping some good food out. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. I think it'll probably happen. Yeah. Something along yeah. those lines, yeah. definitely. How about you, Aaron? Oh, I'd go with the uh, the control Z on life. If I could just do like control oh, Z a couple times. Nice. Back up, back up. Well, selectively, though, or just right after it happens? It probably selectively. You know, now that I go back and think about like, oh, I did that wrong. You know, I I'd probably selectively. But here's the thing: like, you got to control Z like in order backwards. So you got to take out a bunch of other yeah, stuff. Yeah, to yeah. Get to it's the makings of a movie. Like, like you can't just pick and choose. You got to go all the way and then redo yeah. it. And there is no redo button. Exactly. What if you go back and like, oh, I did want to do that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
or hit it too long too many times. Awesome. <laughs> what are you shot? You got anything in mind? Uh, I want that. I think you uh, do because you were so anxious. Well, I was question. thinking about it because I've always I've always wanted that. You know how like in the Matrix where it's like they just like inserts a little SD card in your head and it's like, oh yeah, now I know Kung Fu. Like I want like a little SD card that oh. I can just like, oh, I want to know all about gardening and just like, boop, and then I'm just an expert. It's pretty much an Apple iPhone. <laughs> in the form I mean, of like being able to retain it not have to look it up as, as my... uh, that's awesome what about you man man i have no idea i i put this question in here and didn't even think of a response for it i was gonna you know my mind immediately goes to like the jetsons and something that came from the jetsons but i think everything from the jetsons is already happening, happening. Most I, mean, happening. I took like three waymos over the weekend did you really yeah just, one one was just to go like a mile down the road i just didn't feel just like it's so cool and it's and it's very convenient and cost me like six dollars amazing we haven't done it yet i have to do it though and like isn't phoenix one of the few cities yeah, that have the largest footprint oh they do mm -hmm. that's right that's right definitely check and it's out. it's it's super cool you gotta at least try it so I got nothing good on that one, unfortunately. No so um, no, no, tip, no talking. What? No tip, no talking. What does that even mean? I mean you take a Waymo. Oh. You don't have to tip the guy, and you don't have to talk to him. I'm just still stuck in this. But if you haven't, if you haven't paid your taxes, it can lock the doors and take you straight to where you need to go. <laughs> yeah. That's that's like a, that's that's like a pubis <laughs> Oh my god! Do I have? <laughs> All right, let's get to know Adam a little bit better here. Um, what is it? I know, I remember we had a conversation, you know, gosh, episode 60, I think you were on. And I, I need to go back and listen to it because I want to see what you said to this question. Like, what's a typical day like at Airworks? I'm sure a typical day, typical day has probably changed since three years ago. Yeah, sure. I think uh, maybe even that first show we did was like smack in the middle of the pandemic, right? So, was. Yeah, things yeah. changed quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but you said you were not as much in the operations anymore. So I'm guessing at the time you were, you were more heavily involved. Well, I would say, uh, you know, as a CEO, you're looking at real business operations, right? More, um, you know, bigger, bigger strategy. Yeah. I still am involved in that. And I would say, because I live in, I would say even today, I'm more business development partnerships, right? Mm. So when we get some unique use cases that come across the table. Yeah. That's all me, right? That's got my awesome. name all over it. Uh, I get to explore if it's feasible for a company to look at, if we can uh, apply, you know, what we have already developed. Yep. Maybe there's just some tweaks that, that can be made to it to, to fit that use case. Um, but I do like getting into, let's say the more project operations, just because it's more uh, maybe kind of goes back to my construction days where you know, I was yep. kind of managing more projects at a time. So how do you, how do you stay focused? I have to ask that question yeah. because first of all, I mean, there's so many things that can be done with Airworks. I'm going to talk more about that here in a minute, but how do you focus your energy on like one thing at a time when your mind, like my mind being so ADD, it's be going, Dude, that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, it's good. My mind's just like that. Right. Um, I think it's that perfect role for me. Yeah. Um, but you know, we have processes in place in, in the sense that when we do have these opportunities that come across, uh, our table that we, we look at the real business side of it, right? Do, do we have adjacent technologies, products, tools, all that, that, that can already fulfill that? Um, if not, then we look at, uh, 
not falling in love with somebody else's idea, but just looking at is is there a real market out there for it, mm -hmm. right? So what is the total addressable market? Can we, if we develop this for one particular client, can we um, operationalize it yeah. afterwards? Mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's very tough. You know, people have to keep me focused. My team has <laughs> to keep me focused always. You need a handler, yeah. right? Oh, Definitely. And that's my colleague, my business partner, my colleagues, everybody I work with. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, as a small team, we've all learned how to work with each other. Right. I am uh, maybe not the best person to uh, uh, lay everything out in, in a long winded email or teams message. People know they just got to call me. You want my attention. You just got to call me and sort right. of like shake me out of whatever I'm doing. <laughs> Um, you mentioned a small team. How much has the company grown since three years ago? Um, well, I think we've gone up and we've gone down and back up. And so I would say we're not even 30 people right now. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, so you're going to have to take a step back. I wasn't here in episode five or whatever 16. the first one you were, you were in. It seems like five. You know, at the at the high level... What what does AirWorks do? Uh, high level is uh, we develop and train algorithms, machine learning algorithms, to extract uh, features from imagery. And uh, we also uh, train algorithms to segment and classify point clouds and, and run extraction as well. So two okay. big data sources that this geospatial world loves, right? Right. And yeah, we that's how, that's what we do. Interesting. Isn't it? Yeah, are you thinking about a million uses for that right now? Yeah, yeah, I really am. If you guys could see some of the things that I've tried. <laughs> on my brain. Let's hear some of those things about those oh, things. This is a partner right here. Yeah, yeah, super user, another super user. I, I've tried pitching a few times, like, hey, what are we... But you know, I've tried a few things in my my little secret lab over there at, you know, at the office yeah. that I just sit there for you know, night after night after night watching YouTube and trying to do things. And then Airworks comes along. And and solves like ninety percent of the things that I was spending mm -hmm. weeks and weeks and weeks on. They came in and they're able to do it within, you know, a few minutes of pushing a button and sending it out. Yeah. Uh, but my big thing was just quantifying the world. You know, I we do a lot of construction bids with striping and and, and pavement and asphalt, and I'm, I'm sitting there quantifying these mile by mile stretches mm -hmm. from Phoenix, and I'm just losing my mind because I'm like, oh my gosh! I remember they used to send us out and total these things, and they would spend twenty grand to. Yeah. Get a full topo of you know what's the quantities and here you can do it in five minutes. Yeah, you just send them the the point cloud and the geotiff and then they send you back the line work and then you can do a hatch inside and it tells you the full area and I mean it is it's pretty cool but yeah, yeah. I've used it for probably about twenty different off the wall uses. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit off there but that's cool. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, so what about like are are you involved with like the creative or the strategic partnerships as well? Yeah. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I know you guys have definitely added a few of those over the last year for sure. Yeah, we have. Um, in the beginning of the year, was a, I think it was a big big year for us. Uh, we launched our data marketplace and first partner there was NearMap. So our clients now can access uh, uh, manned aircraft imagery and, and point cloud data, 3D data uh, from, from our app. That they can move. Yeah, around. you don't have to go near map to Airworks. You just go Airworks. It's yeah, all one click. Yeah, interesting. Slick. So we're going to be adding to that marketplace. Um, near map is a really good partner. Uh, their data, let's say, seems to be more on urban centers, right? And uh, we have a lot of use cases in just the different markets that we're in right now that are more uh, rural. 
And so we need to support our clients in those areas too. So we're going to be partnering up with uh, some some other vendors that will help us uh, serve those clients in, in those places. But outside of that, I think when we were at GeoWeek, we just uh, also launched and we sat down with DataSite. Yep. That, oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Helps us extract uh, break lines. Um, they do that uh, to a certain level. And then we we also take it to another level with because uh, sometimes planimetric features become break lines as well. So, um, you know, two two sort of levels of break lines that uh-huh. uh, we can do. But that's also through that partnership. Um, and then I was really excited this this past week, I was down in Florida at the uh, uh, Fiber Connect. It's a, a conference that the Fiber Broadband Association puts on, and we launched uh, our reseller and referral program with a company called AMT Applied Media Technologies, <laughs> and they're in that telecom uh, uh, space. Uh, been there for a long time. Um, they they sell a lot of products, and they're just building uh, an end to end solution for their clients. So. The, the conceptual, the design, the construction, and all the materials you need for it. So, yeah. Yeah. So what's like, what's the end goal? Well, um, I think we want to grow this to a place that uh, hopefully a larger company might want to gobble us up. That would be nice. That'd be all right. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think right now I just get really excited when a, a friend or, you know, colleagues or, or just partners that we've worked with for a long time come to us with a problem and we're able to work on a solution together. That's what I really like hmm. working on. Yeah. Interesting. So if we can keep continuing that, right. Yes. Then, we'll, then, then I'll be a happy person and we keep growing and we'll yep. get to that place. Yep. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Customer service of them is top notch. So Let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I know that is something that, you know, it's part of like the, uh, the mission is to provide amazing customer service. So I, I think everyone out there wants that push button solution. And yeah. that's a tough thing to come across, you know, the things that we've tried over the years. And um, Airworks for me was the closest one. And then as we've developed over the years, we've, you know, we've gone back and forth and I've showed them with ground data what we're seeing versus, mm-hmm. and, and really it boils down to what we turn into them. So if you turn in crap data, they can't really do much with it. Crap in, crap out. Yeah. So you give them something really good and solid, nice, you know, drone 3D point cloud. And what they spit out is like, you know, lately it's been like a 95% hit rate of like they're catching things under trial wow. and everything. So it's getting better and better, awesome. better by the months. But I used to call it 80% project, a product. It was, yeah. it was 80% and then you had to have hands on and get in like really. Sure there but it is getting closer and closer and closer to that push button unbelievable yeah it's pretty amazing now is that just because of the advancement in the ai i think it's it's a combination of both right yeah. i mean aaron's really great about giving good constructive feedback mm. right mm-hmm. and i think that's key uh a lot of times you know well not say a lot of times but sometimes you get uh, you deliver a project and and you don't hear from a client and then you just kind of hear la- just the bad stuff right mm-hmm. at the very end so that doesn't help us improve our process. Uh, it doesn't help us improve our product. But when you have somebody that's willing to sit with you and mm-hmm. talk about it, then we can actually build the things that you want. Right. A lot of times it's just alignment. It's alignment on standards, right? Mm-hmm. It's alignment on just small things, really, that, yeah. that you need to, to get out of the way. Tiny, yeah. Like, yeah. I think yeah. my favorite one, honestly, though, Adam, was... I made a statement last year, like, you know, I'd pay double if I can get those in half the time. Yeah. They're like, okay. Boom. <laughs> Super expedited. <laughs> they, they, added, they added an expedite? I was what? Super expedited. I'm for you to say that because I do have this other bug that you haven't seen yet. Yeah, there, there's the normal. Now there's an expedite. Now there's a super expedite. Right? I mean, it's no joke. Yeah. Like, and, and our clients are, you know, sometimes that is the, the winner right there. It's like, oh, you can do it in five business days and not 10? Yep. Sold. Yeah. 
you know, and so that is the thing that wins the project. Yeah, well, let's talk about that a little bit because the website is so user-friendly. You know, it's basically a menu, check a bunch of boxes, whatever you want. So as you're making these partnerships with like, you know, DataSite and NearMap, are those just other options added to that menu? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's okay. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, some, we started right in in the survey and engineering space and a lot of our, well, at the time we were helping clients collect the data to, to even get it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, obviously, it's come a long way. Our, our clients are—I would say—ninety-five percent of engineering firms now have some sort of remote sensing tool, mm-hmm. right? That yep. they use. So, we of course—I uh, think by default you could say accept our clients' data. But there are, as we start working with uh, in other markets and in other um, clients, not everybody has data, right, mm-hmm. at, at their fingertips, and so we. Uh, we need to be able to support a whole host of different use cases, right? And uh, just being able to, let's say, grab lower resolution imagery, um, maybe even uh, a less dense point cloud to do things like feasibility mm-hmm. or planning from the beginning, really allow our clients to use us at the early stages of workflows. And then as they <laughs> progress down, oh, yeah. they can start using, let's say, lower resolution, high, you know, higher density point clouds and, and really get to that survey grade mm-hmm. type deliverable. Yep. So that that order form really allows you to live inside of all of those. So is that what you're saying is usually you guys get at, usually at the end of that project or that need and you get like all the way to the end and like, man, I wish we had something really fancy that could do all these things. And then you have to come in. But ideally, you start early on. Yep. Yeah, we can start early on, right? And I now we have many clients that are that are using us just that way, right? Yeah. So maybe we've started with that, sur- you know, the yeah. survey grade type deliverable, yeah. um, with the partnership with NearMap or the data marketplace that allows us to work on that earlier mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, even now we're we're doing a lot of as building as well, right? Perfect so for that to a system yeah. of record afterwards. Yep. Yep. Interesting. So Aaron, in your case, you talked about like these 30 crazy mind blowing projects you work on in your lab in the middle of the night. Yeah. Talk about the yeah. projects that actually make you money and how oh. Airworks is a great tool for them. I've got a great one. Um, they have completely, I mean, we did it, but we completely revamped how we do our jobs. And, and, and I attribute that to Airworks specifically because back in the day when I worked at bigger firms, it was 10 to 15 business days for say an ALTA or a boundary survey or something like that. Something fairly easy, right? right? Or shopping mall, you know, something that would take a few days in the field. And normally at the end of that 10 days, you've got day eight where the crew goes out, day nine where the CAD guys or girl scrambles, and then day 10 where it goes out with just, ah, is it right? Who knows? Here you go. And they send it off. We actually, the minute we get a win, it goes into near map, it goes into airworks, and we start getting these extraction stuff out. Even though the data's three, six months out, and we send our field crews out now after five days, four days when it's all done with a full 24 by 36 already drafted. Uh, all, the point, all the points are already calculated. The DXF is in the collector and they're now going yep. and checking data versus collecting it. Interesting. And anything that's changed, they just collect the crap out of that piece, but they go verify. And we're within 100 or 200 on 95%. That's amazing. Mm, and, I, really and, I, and I've done it in California and I've done it in Colorado and I've done it in Florida with people that randomly have called me and said, Hey, I want to try it out. So I'm like, all right, give me a site. Let's do it. And they send it to me and I send them calcs within an hour and they're going out there and checking it with their collector and just blowing their mind. You got to be crapping me. You got like, it literally is just every time. <laughs> like go to that parking strike right at the end. Boom. And then you have the full line work for it. And it's all derived yeah. from 
but they've totally changed our workflow. So that's my one like stick to like, you know, sure. we're a small firm, so we could easily yep. make that change. Mm. Bigger firms have a hard time incorporating and making it the absolute. Just like, it's like uh, turning a, a battleship, as I say, it takes yeah. a little longer for them yeah. to be able to buy into it. But yeah. I think that's a, probably one of the best compliments that these guys could receive that's changed your workflow. Hey, Sean. What's up, buddy? Let's uh, talk a little bit about AirWorks. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Born at MIT, inspired by the advances in aerial data acquisition and the potential power of AI, AirWorks was founded by David Morsnick and Adam Kersnowski in August of 2017. Yeah, it was. Their complementary backgrounds in aerospace engineering, drones, and construction led to a combined desire to harness the power of technology to automate a traditionally time-consuming aerial data processing approach. Tell us more. Uh, sure. Headquartered in Boston, AirWorks employs a team of unmatched AI experts, software developers, sales experts, marketers, geographers, and civil engineers all working together to redefine the future of mapping for the built world. And some other big news. Yeah. We just chatted with uh, David and Adam at GeoWeek last week, and they announced that they have recently formed a strategic partnership with Datasite and NearMap strengthening their position in the 3D world, no question. Innovation is definitely in their DNA. And to find out more, simply go to airworks.io. What are some uh, other like cool projects that you know Airworks has been used on? Um, ooh, well, I got to think for a second on which ones I can actually talk about. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I, I do have a few, right? Um, I mean, this one is a little unique. But I think it has big impact and something that we really like to talk about and get behind. So, um, you know, we sprung out at MIT uh, as a company. You guys good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Um, Stop looking at me like that. Sit <laughs> over here. Um, so uh, we were asked to uh, participate in a project down in Colombia, right? And this is in Macoa, Colombia. It actually means um, the head of the Amazon. Oh, wow. So it's the, the estuary that's where the Amazon River starts and where the Amazon forest starts. And in 2017, there was a horrible landslide um, hmm. that killed close to 400 uh, residents in, in that town, in that city. And it really came down to just the increase of precipitation that you know, we see in this world right now in, in a lot of different areas. Well, we, we have the extremes, lots of precip precipitation and not yeah. enough precipitation mm -hmm. in areas, right? Um, so we are working on uh, a predictive model with uh, Lincoln Laboratory. Um, and uh, I was able to go down there in January to teach a group of uh, locals to fly LIDAR drones, uh, or let's say drones with LIDAR equipment on them. Yep. And Eric's will be segmenting that point cloud and uh, passing it over to uh, Lincoln Laboratory to run other types of algorithms that will look at rain calculations and humidity and soil samples. And they're starting to build a emergency response system um, that will will find indicators uh, before tragedy happens. Right. Nice. So, Interesting. yeah. So we're at the beginning stages wow. of that one. Um, we actually still haven't flown the first flight yet. It's been a lot of work sure. in between, um, but uh, we're getting very close. And so you'll hear lots of more. Awesome. Of that. But yeah, that's a, that's really a, exciting. a really fun one. Um, and then other things like uh, one of the new markets we're in uh, is around in the, in the telecommunications space. And so broadband 
And uh, you might have you might have heard this right. The digital divide is what they call it. So there are a lot of areas in the in the U.S., especially tribal lands, um, that do not have adequate internet connectivity, right? Yeah. And so luck, luckily, our government is stepping up and and uh, putting a lot of money as far as investment into expanding broadband into areas that have uh, no connection or sure. or very slow connection. So. When we are part of uh, these mapping projects mm -hmm. um, in these areas, I just we really enjoy those. I'd say more so than than others, right? Just because we get get behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is something like that? Is that like one of the most rewarding parts of your job? I think so. Yeah, yeah. We have this little saying we we uh, uh, always talk about in our office, um, and uh, it, it says where we say, "How does it matter?" Right, and so we're constantly reminding each other, "How does it matter?" Right. Yes, we 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 build and develop algorithms to do this thing really fast and and cost effective and support our clients. But what is the end use case that we're supporting? Like, who is this actually affecting in yeah. in the real world? Yeah. And so I always want to keep that in our forefront always. How do you like? Where does educating the client come in? That's a huge part of what you do. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm. I don't know why this I this just came to mind, but like on the website, you know, when you're going through the 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 menu, selecting everything you want, what if the person who's doing that, you do the job, make the do the deliverable, and that person's like, that's not what I wanted. I meant to say this, or I meant to say that probably happens. And then you have to educate that client just a little bit, right? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, we spend time, right, when we bring on a new client, um, is with our customer success team, right? Yeah. To to onboard somebody properly, right? So we sure. want we want to at least get them to a place where they know how to order a project, right? But yeah, it's come to a place where somebody's placed an order. Yeah. Maybe the turnaround time wasn't what they uh, expected, but they still hit that process button. We're always willing to work with our clients. You know, we understand that kind of stuff happens. Or maybe they press the button and then the next day their client says. Yeah, hey, we're gonna scrap this project. Yes. Like, that happens. Yeah, that's a whole other issue. Yeah, and and I've actually had where they've they've called me a few times and like, uh, are you sure you meant to do that? Like when I there when, you I, go. when, I, use, when yeah. I use Near Map. Okay, so they they are checking everything that's going out. And yeah. so when I started using Near Map for some trial runs, they called me on the first two and they're like, hey, you're using Near Map, and they could see it in the background. They knew just from the like, I'm turning in the normal files that I normally turn in. Yeah, but they knew from. The, just the difference, you know, they could sure. see the difference of like where, how it was flowing on. They knew right away the tiling of it and all that stuff. Uh, but they go in sometimes and ask, you know, I'll do, I'll throw a project in and I'll say I want it full 3D yeah. and it's not my typical thing or I'll just throw something that's 2D that should be 3D and they do call and, and ask like, hey, you sure you want to do that? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Just just checking. So yeah. They didn't yeah. really perfect that too. Like something seems off. You know? yeah. I'm like, I know I'm just out there trying weird like, stuff. Do you, like, do you yeah. really know what you're going to get when you, when you miss this? Yeah. 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 And do you guys... Um, work in both uh autodesk and ord yeah so we're we always say we're data, data agnostic and uh as far as our file types that we put out there we are as uh, agnostic as possible right so by default a, a lot of what we deliver is in open source format just by nature so on uh, let's say on the auto on the cad side it's it's always a dxf uh, by default, but our clients through that order form can order mm -hmm. other types of file types. Mm. Um, and then on the GIS side, uh, we actually just launched, I want to say if, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, our uh, geodatabase deliverable. Mm. So we're an Azure Silver partner, uh, but we all know that 
you know, a geodatabase is proprietary to Esri, so we could also work with geopack or uh, yeah, geopackages, right? Which mm. would be the open mm. open source format of that. Um, but yeah, we're as I would say that is maybe one of the biggest shifts for AirWorks most recently is we have supported a lot of CAD type deliverables, and now we're playing much nicer with the GIS side of things, which it's all about data interoperability. I can't even spell it's it. A, yeah. it's, a, it's a tongue twister. <laughs> I hit it. Nailed it, it though. First one. First one. Yeah, he's been practicing all day. <laughs> um, I think Azri should buy you guys. I'm just saying. Because it's it, maybe get it out there. Got to manifest that shit. Got to manifest it. Who are your typical clients? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, listen. Aaron and uh, I would say surveyors are like really our core, right? That's who we started working with. That's who actually helped us define what we do and just sort of our standards and our accuracies uh, from day one. We knew that if we could make these guys happy, and and I know they're <laughs> they're, they're, they're a fickle bunch. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're old and crotchety. <laughs> Uh, you know, in a good way, right? Yeah. There's a reason why, right? It's you have that level uh, to kind of hold to the right? standard of yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. The surveyors are we're, yeah. we're real grumpy about it for a reason. Yeah, yeah. we we want to be right. Yeah, that's right. And 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 you'll get caught if you if you don't do it right. It catches up to you every time. So yep. it's like just do it right the first time, and then you know, yeah, basis. But yeah, we're real big stickers on it. It's how I was taught, and how I try to teach too. Yeah. How long have you been using AirWorks? Oh, we're four years in now. Yeah, that's a good a run. Yeah. Um, so in the beginning, was it hard to like trust the data and you had to like prove it? I mean, it's the best now you've part. gotten more and more comfortable with it as time went on. The best part about it is we ran our, we still do. Um, we GPS fully GPS every site with RTK. And then we also run the BLK, uh, LIDAR scanner on the ground. And then we fly the drone. So we essentially have three data sets every time that we're checking to. And so as they're bringing their, as I bring their line work in, I already have, Three to four to five thousand points per site that I'm checking to, and can see inconsistencies. But I've gotten comfortable enough that I could make the statement that you could, with the right, like let's say near map, okay, they're about a tenth horizontally here, or there, uh, you know, with seams and all that stuff. But plus or minus a tenth, and in boundary survey here in Arizona, that's more than sufficient. So. I could with confidence say you can almost damn near push the button and just bam, 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 and they're there. And, and, and But mm -hmm. I've seen it because I constantly have 4,000 points to check to, and I can see what's all. I can actually see, I call out the surveyors all the time, excuse me, out in the field, and not in a bad way, but I'm like, hey, did you have to pee or something? Like, how come, how come you're so far off? Like, why are you tilted? Like, so <laughs> compensator's not on? Or, you know, there's things that you actually catch because yeah. their line work is there as a secondary thing to check. It's amazing. To. So, yeah, it's, it's helped out a lot. You know, missing, like, fence lines like i would get a point on each end and it wouldn't say to connect from the from the field personnel and i can't see because of trees and it's just you know as a cad tech trying to pull stuff together mm. but their line work actually connects it and so most times you'll see oh that's supposed to connect right there and you can you know piece together you can reverse engineer what the field yep. techs are trying to tell you but, yeah yep. yeah so it's not i mean it's not unrealistic that all the surveyor is really going to need to be doing is the boundary yeah they may set some control, and if underground utilities get located, have to shoot those. But I, I, I mean, I've got this crazy thought in my head. Okay, and, and Jim Croom kind of battled me a little bit on it, and I've, <laughs> I've been over the years. I'm like, I'm gonna prove him wrong, you know. But I, but I think he's in a fun way. He likes the challenge of this kind of stuff. But I tried showing him, like, listen, this one mile by one mile stretch. I have ninety 
thousand points. AutoCAD, you can tell it at the end of each line, create a point, and it goes through and systematically goes. So all the parking stripes, all the stripes in the road, all the end of curbs, all the edge of pavement, uh, every every parking stripe, everything you can think of had a point XYZ associated to it mm. within, within a dime. And and I created 90,000 of them in one run with them in yeah. probably 10 minutes time. Right. So near map to AirWorks to AutoCAD Civil 3D, 90,000 points that you then load in your collector and you can walk up to, like you could really resection off of any one of these points now. You don't yeah. have to set control anymore. It's already there. We've already set it. Yeah. How current is uh, near map? I, it really depends. Uh, at the most, it'll be a year, a uh, year and two months because sometimes it takes them some time to to pump out the Got current it. stuff, but usually it's within yeah. a year, but um, some areas they have uh, a dual collection throughout the year. Oh yeah. yeah. Some, some of them they're getting to a tri collection yeah. where it's every three months or every four months. Sorry. Wow. Uh, so it's most times I'm hitting three to six months uh, as far as it being current and on the big sites, like stuff doesn't change. Sure. You know, it's, yep. so, yeah, it's yeah. pretty current. I mean, it's cool. And it's accurate as hell. I mean, I'm just, I've seen companies five, 10 years ago, the national survey companies that were using Google earth, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And it worked for them. They were doing it, whatever. But this is like a whole new level of like, it is it is spot on wow. compared to what it used to be. So so what am I missing here? <laughs> this is too easy, Sean. Right? It does. I it mean, sounds too easy. All right. That's all right, the problem. All right, all right. That's the problem. Three weeks for a boundary. Okay, no, no, it's not three weeks. It's like four days. Yeah. It, you know, hey, I need this. You run it. You You get everything in. You send the guys out there to basically just check what you already know. You know, the traditional, you got to find the nail and check in. Uh, I get all that. Yep. But set your corner. Uh, but three days and now it's four hours, hours and you've done all this legwork ahead of time. So then when they're done, it's okay. Yes, yes, yes. And you're, you're out the door. Yep. Yep. That easy, right? Yep. Well, I mean, you make it sound. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I'm probably 400 projects in of, of that, that, that model. Easiness. Yep. It is that easy. It sounds almost too crazy to be true, but it really, like after you do it a bunch of times and you go, oh my God, this really works. It's, it's a no-brainer. You just It's the instant change of how you, you know, instantly send it to AirWorks and near map and, and get it rolling. And it's just, so was that the original use case? Was that what you what this all kind of started with and then it's just rolled since then? Yeah, very true. Yeah, we uh, um, when we first started the company, I don't even know if we had a real AI sort of uh, end to this, right? David and I were looking at a tool, right, that we could actually afford <laughs> was a drone, right? <laughs> uh, you know, we, not, we didn't, we couldn't purchase an aircraft or a half a million dollar sensor yeah. underneath it. So we had this tool. And, and for me, coming from that construction space right at that moment, that's what I, that's what I was really after. And, and then it just kind of started changing from there, right? What we saw when we were going through the different accelerators at, at, at school uh, were computer vision-based systems that were being developed for self-driving vehicles. Oh, and yeah. we said, how could we apply this to civil engineering? Because we were, you know, the, the the things that these computer vision systems were trying to identify to avoid hitting, right, were a curb, a sign. Oh, yeah. A, yeah, yeah. You know, sure. A building. A building, right? <laughs> so those are things that we were interested in. That's what we were stuck hand uh, digitizing, yeah. right? Um, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's where it started. Um, we just moved beyond, right? There's a, AI is difficult. Machine learning is difficult to get it to do what you want. Yeah. Right. There's, there's a lot of time that goes into training it 
and retraining it and retraining it and retraining it, right? (laughs) So we know that there are are, uh, models out there that exist, right? You could get off of off the shelf, GitHub, Esri, right? But it's what you do with it from that point. Sure. Right. And that's what Airworks has been doing since we started is training those algorithms. And actually from the beginning, what we do is all the work that Aaron gets has actually been QC'd by us, right? Before we hand it off sure. to them. Yep. So he's not seeing any of the AI results. But what that helps is our model to improve. Aaron Aaron gets what he wants, right? He gets a perfectly mm-hmm. or hopefully close to perfect QC'd uh, deliverable, but it also helps us retrain the model. Yep. So for all the mistakes, all the false negatives or all the true positives and false mm-hmm. positives that, that have happened during uh, inference, uh, we get to retrain with that. Yeah. And that's where the model gets better. And that's where we can start stepping into more unique use cases and which we'll get into whenever you want is our government use cases now, which we're delivering oh, wow. straight AI products. So back to my Waymo example, that's why it takes me sometimes the a longer way to get there. It's because it's trying to get more data out of that route instead of the one that's directly uh-huh. there. They, uh-huh. Do they tell you that or that's theory? That That's what I think. Okay. <laughs> I like, mean, it makes it, sense. It could have easily taken a left at my street and went down one more and then went around. It's like, okay, well, they haven't turned on that street enough. So they're using <laughs> me as to as yeah, a data hey. collection, just like, yeah, like you're yeah, using yeah. the same thing, right? Yeah. yeah. The way your mind thinks. <laughs> May not be wrong, though. May not be wrong. Um, so I have another question about algorithms. Yeah. Mainly, uh, you said multiple algorithms, right? Yeah. Can you give me an example? Uh, what's your favorite? Well, I wouldn't say I have a favorite, and I can't dig into it too much, right? Is there like a baseball card for that or something? I mean, when uh, let's maybe let's talk about your favorite use case. And you gave a couple yeah. examples, but what's your favorite example of? Okay, we took this problem, put it in the magic algorithm box, and this is what it spit out, and this is how it helped someone. Yeah, uh, I have some good examples of that. So, what we do for Aaron, since I'll, I'm, you're just going to be yeah, yeah, the guinea yeah. pig, yeah, I'm okay the with whole it. Time, okay. right? So, the vectors that we're creating. Um, at the edge of a feature is really what we call semantic segmentation, right? We we uh, uh, have taken pixels and we've classified those pixels as it's a table or it's a floor or it's a chair. Um, but when, what ends up happening after that is we have to rasterize it and then we have to vectorize it. So we so um, what we maybe as a company started focusing on is a lot of semantic segmentation. But there are things that our our clients want now that don't really need semantic segmentation is that perfect vector. They just need a bounding box around it, or they just need a a central point at where that object is, right? And so we can use object detection to help get uh, some of the things that we're extracting. So I would just say um, I... Semantic segmentation is really hard to get really nice, clean vectors that that Aaron wants to see, right? We might have, uh, I'll take a, a building as an example, where our algorithm can draw a vector around most buildings around 95% confidence is what we could call it. That we're, the vector that comes out at the end is capturing 95, maybe even higher percent of that building inside of that vector, right? Now, 
if I just handed that to you, you would say it is garbage because let's say if it's a perfectly like <laughs> rectangular building, it doesn't have four nodes on the corners. It's just in a straight line, yeah. you know, in between. Yeah. Mm. It's got 300 nodes. Yeah. In and it's also skewed a little bit. From yeah. The, from yeah. The, yeah. So that would be things that, you know, we, we as a company are continuing to get trained and get better at. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say stepping outside of just maybe that where, where Airworks kind of was from the beginning at semantic segmentation is moving into object detection and other types of things. It's still, it's still, helping you right oh totally yeah 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 you might not you want know. like the e perfect edge of a manhole cover i don't know how useful that is totally. you just want a center point right a cobalt no, I, like, I like the i like the outside oh, we, we actually okay. have three points on the outside all right to, to check our that's what we use for our gcps quite a bit is that okay. we don't we don't have them to the center because it's up for interpretation in the field what the center is for gotcha. our field personnel so when they do three points on the circle we can really hit the center of it so we, we do use those quite a bit all right but yeah there's segmentation you know they find utilities at the field crews tend to miss sometimes um there's huh. you know the vegetation uh, layer mm -hmm. never use it never use it but once in the blue moon i'm like oh i really need that and i it's a, it's there for me right you know i usually go through and just delete because i don't need i don't need to know where vegetation is i can see it in the aerial and my yeah. clients don't want to see it but in some of the stuff that i'm doing off the side of my my little lab stuff it's like that segmentation of the vegetation really yeah helps so. mm. you know i was going to ask this earlier but usually vegetation leads to a lot of obstruction areas and i was curious how I, I know we wouldn't call it a real feature class, right? But we yeah. do uh, deliver a, a layer. It's called obstructions, yeah, yeah, right? Totally so that's kind of stems sometimes from vegetation, really, is because what's blocked out underneath it. Do you yeah. use that in the field with your with your team? Yeah, it's kind of how direct traffic on the things they need to they need yeah. to help okay. us. With. So you can't see the fire hydrants under the trees and the curb islands. You know, like they need to yep. be visually down there helping us see yeah. what mm. they can. But yeah, okay. Interesting. So talk about the the government teaser you threw out there in the AI application. Yeah. Um, well, I think we, of course, love AI and machine learning, right? It's the core of what we do. Um, when we started the company, we started, we tried to deliver AI results, but our clients didn't want those, right? Yeah. <laughs> quite literally. Yeah. Yeah. Quite literally, they would say, we're paying you to do that QC work, right? That's why yeah. we're coming to you. Yeah. So we're glad to to help there. But we're finding use cases where we don't have to have just that that perfect uh, you know, vector with the just, you know, the right amount of nodes. It 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 becomes more of, let's say, a type of feature and the area of that feature is more important than the actual vector itself. Right. So impervious surface calculations. Right. I don't know if, uh, how Arizona does it, but as uh, property owners, do you guys have a, uh, a, a fee, a, a tax on uh, a pervious surface? Do you know? I thought I'm aware of that. Yeah, I don't think it's a tax. No. Okay. So some, some, uh, it's all sand and <laughs> a little bit of salt down there. <laughs> uh, so some some uh, let's say local governments um, maybe sometimes split residential uh, impervious surface mm -hmm. from commercial, and they usually go after like the commercial industrial sites. But they usually charge off a square footage of impervious. <laughs> so that's usually like your driveway or or roadways, sidewalks, the building itself, right? And uh, for a GIS team, 
um, inside of, let's say, a wastewater department, it might take three or four people to look at the town of Phoenix to calculate all of the commercial properties for impervious. Mm -hmm. This is usually done on a, a yearly or every other year, um, but it takes nine months to do, hmm. right? So now we're actually derive or, or, or creating these um, this impervious surface um, classification and running calculations with fees that, you know, are public. And uh, we're doing this in a matter of hours now, wow, right? That's crazy. And so you get it to that 80, 90th percentile within yeah. hours. And then you have lots and many months to to put, invest in human right? to, sure. see, to, yeah. to get it to that place, yeah. that place. So you can assign it a class, you know, in, in civil engineering, it depends on the class of, of impervious, basically a percentage of which, which is how much impervious do you have is how you calculate watershed and hydrology. Right. So yeah. the civil engineers was going to take big sections and they need to know pretty quickly is that, you know, between 75 and 80 percent or 80 to 90. And you, based on that assumption is then how you calculate all your watershed. Exactly right. Yeah. So if I was a civil, I would think that would be. Very helpful. Very helpful. Right now, you basically have to take it block by block and take a quick stab at it from an aerial, all by you know, all manually. So interesting, right? So many applications. Yeah. So little time. <laughs> <laughs> what was was it last time we talked, or is it something new? There was like a three D viewer of some sort. Oh yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't know if we've talked about that on the show. Yeah, it's like yeah. GIS based underground under, underneath it. Yeah. Cool. It was a lot of feedback from clients, right? We we had all these three D deliverables, but you couldn't view them on our on our web application. Oh, okay. which was tough, right? Yeah, so like you download it and then upload it locally and then see it. Yes. versus now you can just see it. Right. So we always say, you know, seeing is believing, right? You're going to deliver yeah. a 3D product. You want to see it first, right? Yeah, and so for sure. that's one of the biggest benefits there. And then we're going to start to add on tool tool kits or you know tools to. To, to start working inside of that. So volumetrics and, and that type of thing, running yep. different profiles, that's coming, right? But at least the 3D viewers there, um, it, I mean, our clients have been loving it, right? With the launch of, uh, the, or let's say the partnership with Datasite that does our brake lines yep. now, you can see all of that in the 3D viewer. Um, that's cool. It's just a game changer. Very yeah. cool. Like what, all this all this data that you guys have to keep and maintain like how how do you store all this yeah uh i mean we're all cloud-based right it's aws, AWS yeah, yep. yeah yeah same thing yeah i mean for for us it's crazy um it's the backbone to uh our web application and it's also the backbone to our processing mm. and yep. uh i mean the reason why is we can stack up gpus you know, when, when, when our clients bring data to us and as much as we try to talk to our clients, to be, to, you know, to get ahead of it a little bit to say, Hey, you know, listen, what, what does your project workload look like for the next couple of months? You still get shocked when somebody drops like, you know, yeah, I'll be like, Oh, I have not terabyte then, of data. On. And then fr <laughs> Friday at 10 PM, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got 40 gigabytes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, five o'clock. Okay. Push go. And then <laughs> let it go over the weekend for these guys. Yep. And I think for me, my uh, getting the one gig upload download was the, the game changer for me as well. I bet is because, you know, when you're uploading these guys, if it, 
takes an hour for your internet to, to upload it versus two minutes. That's wow. Big time. Huge, huge oh, so you got a gig connection at, in your office or? Not at the new house. Yeah, the office and then the old house. We just sold one. I mean, the new house okay. doesn't have. I tried everything. I tried Starlink. That helps. I tried, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, it helps with the, the upload speeds for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> It's uh, uh, this is kind of funny, but right now because we're in this uh, broadband, you know, initiative yeah. of of mm -hmm. uh, mapping areas that don't have good connections, <laughs> right? This mapping is creating a lot of data. Yeah. Well, we there's there's no place to send it like when we're in the field, so we're still sending by FedEx or UPS <laughs> the thumb or you know, the, the memory card. Yeah. <laughs> but so really. <laughs> Uh, you know, I go can't, I go back to when I first started at single engineering firms, they had just piles and piles and piles of papers, yep. big, huge rooms in the back that had just these yes. filing cabinets yep. that were just filled and it drove me nuts because yeah. you know, having to go back to every file. Then you start digitizing everything and you've got these servers in a room now that are doing it, right? So people are spending a hundred grand on a server for an engineering firm. And now you get into the cloud base. And I think that's kind of where I'm at too, is like I started to realize holy crap, I just buy a new laptop every year and I just clear it out. And I'm like, I start from scratch all the time. I just restart. It's yeah. so easy to start over now yeah. than to try to go back and figure out what was wrong the first time. You just start over and like resend it or whatever you got to do. But yeah. that cloud-based thing, I think is like, it's it's so huge the last few years for yeah. how we are managing our projects. And I, I think civil engineering firms will eventually get there. They're just still on the paper. Yeah. You know, this like trust, right? Yep. You were talking about trust that a surveyor would have to have in us, right? There's still trust in the cloud, yeah. right? Um, now, there are all the security measures in place that you could ask for. Even, even Amazon has GovCloud, right? That is even next, next uh, level up as far as security, but still people are a little worried about it. I think one thing will, will you probably heard of it, is, is uh, edge computing, right? These, these are ways that uh, will allow us... I mean, it kind of, there's a relationship between cloud and the edge, but there's just going to be enough data that's transferred back and forth to make all our lives uh, a little easier, right? Mm. With with still uh, allowing us to to access large amounts of data, query large amounts of data. So I would, uh, I I think that is going to be outside of cloud computing. The real next wave is edge computing. Edge computing, yeah. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> All I think about is there can't be an edge because the earth is round. <laughs> right? It's not wrong. It's not wrong. No, it's not. You, know, you just drop off. Uh, I'm, I'm big into the quantum computing, too. That's my next venture that I've been trying to figure out how to how to get it in my house or figure out what to do but it's like you know that's nasa stuff it sounds like it's like so awesome you know when i don't know who was describing it but it's like okay well it's either a one or it's either on or off it's either the electric thing is is sending current or it's not and everything else is based on that currently and then you get into quantum computing and it's like oh well you can there's more than just on and off yeah. you can have yeah you have one of four and then what if you have four things then there's like whatever four factorial possibilities just in that one thing and they're just like it will like, figure yeah. out an answer i forget how i read this but it'll figure out an answer that zero one thing you know it used to be it used to be black or white well, you know a zero, yeah. zero or one and that was it there was a yes or a no and now they have figured out the actual like the quantum computer can go through and run all these different you know uh processes and algorithms and like this is it, the it took a trillion ones and zeros and yeah. like get it down to you know a couple thousand just because of how the how everything compounds of how many ones and zeros you need to do all the things we're doing right now yeah and i made i heard it's like 50 computers in one That's, yeah the speed of it is incredible oh my god so, what do you need to mine bitcoin 
Do you need a quantum computer for that? No, no, you don't. No. But it would. But probably, it probably would if, help. If, yeah. they, if they had that when this thing started, it'd yeah. be a whole like, different. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I hear about all the energy it takes to run these things, and you know, everybody, it's 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 like solar panels in your house. It's like you, in one way you're right, one way you're wrong. It's I don't know. Yeah, could be full. Could take too much energy. I mean, I would say training for us, tr- it, it would it would change that whole process. Oh yeah, yeah. When we go into a heavy training, it's it, it's long, and you know, we we uh, we it could always go faster, right? Quantum computing will open up these these types of uh, processes. Yeah, because I imagine with everything you were you guys were talking about, you know, ten minutes ago, where it's like, oh yeah, we would then use that example to fig, you know, to retrain our model, and like that's not a slow process. <laughs> like there's a lot yeah, that yeah. goes in between. Oh, we're using that example of, of how we, how we do it better next time. Like that's, that's where all the meat and potatoes is. Right. That's right. You know, you know, chat GPT is a good example of that. You can, you can tell it, Hey, give me a recipe with, for pizza. And then you, and it gives you something crazy. You're like, ah, that's not what I meant. Give me one that's blah. And you have to say it a little bit better and a yep. little better until it yep. finally hits that mark of, Oh, that's what you meant, you know? And yeah, you have to really train it. And that can be, like you said, it could be short and yeah. be long, but you just never know. Crazy. Just try and try and try and try. That's the difference between, would you say, traditional machine learning versus generative, right? We we have to put boundaries around what we want it to to look like afterwards, and we have to help it along the way. With this generative stuff, you're kind of, yeah, you are putting some boundaries, but you also want it to start to make some decisions. Assessments on its own. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Can't start to get freaked out over here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I feel like, you know, this was probably in, in my head 10 years ago. I was like, I'll never see this in my lifetime. And now I'm like, holy crap, this is like two years oh, yeah. away, three years away. It's coming so fast. Like, it's it's incredible. And then what's the next big thing after that? Well, yeah, that's that's what I was curious, too. <laughs> We're all going to retire. Yeah. How soon? I don't know, man. You didn't retire? No. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's waiting for Esri to write that big chat. Is, is that not? what we all try to strive for is like yeah. we ought, try to automate our day. Yeah. You, you yeah. pick up a tool that does something a little bit better, right? Helps you do grocery shopping faster. It helps you do this thing. Cause we're just becoming a, a little bit lazier and lazier, but I don't know, man. I don't I know, know if that's possible for Ken. I mean, he is down at the, at the bottom of Look at these man boobs. <laughs> But uh, as far as Airworks goes, and the and the and the model and where the company is going, what do you see? Other than all the crazy stuff we just talked about, what do you see in the next two and three and five years? Um, well, I'm interested to see what unique use cases come our way, right? I mean, we can't see the future, obviously. Um, we try to make predictions of trends and markets and all that kind of thing. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think for us, uh, we have to be in tune with what, what our clients want, right, always, and bring value to what, what, our, what they do. Um, so we need to make sure that we never lose sight of that. That's, that's number one. Um, but I think, uh, you know, we, we're just, let's say we have automation built around, I would say, very, very little kind of civil engineering kind of tasks and you know i mean this layer list right that yeah. that it, it's pretty small comparative right um so i think we were we're always expanding um you know what used to be paint markings just as kind of one layer is now seven feature cl- you know se- 
uh, or has seven attributions to it, yeah. right? It's uh, it's kind of digging in a little bit deeper. Yeah. yeah. Learning, learning as it goes. Yeah. No doubt. Interesting. Very, right? Oh, no, I'm just... You had no idea which I can... <laughs> I know, I really didn't. Now you're not going to be able to sleep. You know, I guess, can I, can I throw out the caveat as a surveyor? It's like, I make it sound so easy, but we really, really push our field crews to go get boundary, first and foremost. Yep. Um, and they, they get to spend more time on that actually now because of that. They're in less uh, uh, less emergency type situations and less hazardous situations because of the AI. But... Yeah. Uh, they also have to go get all the utilities because we can see circles and we can mm -hmm. see manholes, but we can't see what they are. You know, same with the light on all that. Uh, anything under trees and buildings and walls and fences. I mean, those are kind of our top five that we're like still 100% pushing. And in my eyes, I see mm -hmm. those getting better, better oh, yeah. You know, yeah. as we go. And those are the things we're still focusing on is like the logic behind boundary and, you know, what are the utilities and that kind of yeah. stuff. So there's yeah. still a learning curve for AI. But it at least takes the easy stuff, right? I mean, oh, especially being yeah. a surveyor out on the ground. I mean, it's 100, 115 to, today, and you're yeah. just every 25 feet hitting that sidewalk. Like, I know somebody could get this for me. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. need to be here to as built this sidewalk <laughs> going through a playground or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And to me, what I hear is, okay, well, that part's already done. already done. Go hit the hard parts. Go hit the stuff that you can't see and the important things that check it all in and everything else should yeah, spit up. Dial it in. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually, I uh, lost a little bit of train, train of thought there. So well, what I was thinking, or what I was thinking, um, was the utilities and the, the, the walls yeah. fences yeah, uh, it was, getting better with that. Yeah. And maybe it just kind of goes back to your question about where's airworks go, right? So I think that what we're looking at now is not just what we can extract from imagery or point clouds is kind of stacking uh, data from other sources. Sure. What's already out there? What's existing, right? You've got these amazing repositories of data through Esri, Living Atlas, right? Yep. Why not bring it all together? All of it yeah. together, yep. right? So yeah, that's that's a huge goal mm. initiative. You know, one of the things why we love this partnership uh, is that we can get access to that stuff. And we can stack it all on top, right? Yep. So what we can't see from the drone, right? Now we can see from some other data set, right? And we can trust it because it's gone through a certification right. process, right? Um, even sometimes we still go back to Google Street View to get oh, yeah. that better oh, yeah. angle on yeah. something, yeah. right? For sure. It's like we saw this thing. We know geospatially where it's at, but I just can't see if it's a water, if it says water on top or if it says gas on top, right? Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. So I think the only thing that's safe for surveyors is boundary, right? At least for now. Because the only way that could change is maybe if we started setting like smart stakes or something, right? That's what I want. <laughs> right? That's oh. what I want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it doesn't take much, right? Just like a little chip, little of chip that'll just be yeah, there. No, uh, South Korea has already done it. They're doing it. Really? Yeah. They released it a few years ago and they've got an RFID chip. That, RFID. There you go. Yeah. It sends out the signal and, and then you just go and scan it and. Well, no, then like, I think you could even do more with it. It just transmit. Transmit. Yeah. yeah. But like, so you can Bluetooth do it and all that stuff. Yeah, but anything could be. Could you pick it up from? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, probably. Hmm. I think I read you to be to a certain distance of it, like a Bluetooth almost. Well, you've got passive well, you can and do, active yeah, RFID. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And I guess that for me, it's like when I've done the same boundary that I've seen my peers do five, six, seven, eight times, and I'm looking at their old LTAs and mine matches, and we're all the same. I'm like, 
why are we doing this again? But, yeah. but there's so much other garbage out there. You guys are safe. Yeah, yeah. I know. A no, there bunch is. of terrible surveyors and surveyors <laughs> done in the last 50 years. You're good. Their so mess I, is your is your is your I, I, went, up. I went on this one mile by one mile stretch, right? So seventh Ave to Seventh Street, Glendale Northern. That was my kind of my square. And just putting in all the plats, I'm amazed how many are three, four, five feet different just from drawing them out and trying to intelligently oh, wow. figure out curves and all that. You know, there's a lot. And just seeing that alone, I'm like, holy crap, we don't even have it together in the GIS form yet. Like, how do we make it tight so that the general public can go on and say, oh, I know right where my property's corner, corner is at. And it's been checked by surveyors. That's where our role comes in and we still have right. a job to do. Yeah. So we have a repository where they can go on and actually, oh, your, your area has been serviced. You have, you can go find your property corners. You know? Yep. Yeah. Have you ever played with the, I think it's called Parcel Fabric from, mm. from Esri? No. Um, I, it's very interesting and I don't, I mean, it doesn't have RFID chips in the field for this, but yep. it is a way that uh, a county or not a county, but uh, a, a city can manage uh, zoning uh, in, in property boundary. Right? It's, it's, uh, it's kind of, you can adjust property boundaries and adjust all of them kind of together. It's like rubber yeah. sheeting it. It is kind right? of, huh? yeah. I don't know too much details there, but that'd be worth checking out. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I definitely will. Yeah, it's tough. You know, again, I, I talked to Kent uh, when I first came in. And I'm like, you know, I got to the point of like, I kind of fizzle out sometimes. It's like I try stuff, I try stuff, I try stuff. And it's like nothing new, nothing that you know somebody else hasn't done. And then I find something that's Eureka. And then I'm like, oh, what did I do that for? Like, who's gonna, who's gonna listen? <laughs> like, uh, it's cool and all, but, you know, how do we get everyone to kind of buy into that and, and start doing it? It's a, it's a big problem. I mean, really, I think government needs to step in with some kind of grants or something that would help digitize, yeah. you know, cities or something. I mean, they probably have it out there, but I'm sure. Yeah. This week's featured friend of the program is Advanced Geodetic Surveys, Inc., also known as AGS. They are a equipment dealer specializing in mapping and land surveying equipment. Been doing business since 1991. Yeah, uh, their team works to provide the best solutions and service for your needs. And I have actually personally had great experiences with AGS. They offer a comprehensive list of competitive surveying and mapping products, service, supplies, and more. They deal in new, pre-owned, rent, and they even have a Sherp, if you can believe that shit. I saw that. That looked amazing. The staff at AGS, they have combined experience of over 150 years, and I know that they can help with any problem that you may have or encounter in the field. In fact, their number one priority is customer satisfaction. Of course it is. Find out more at agsgps.com and make sure to tell them that the Geoholic sent you. You know what I haven't heard a lot about recently? The metaverse. Like for like, it seemed like for a few months, it's all you heard about was metaverse. Like we were going to put our studio in the metaverse. He was going to help yeah, us. Yeah. And I have not heard anything about the metaverse. I, it seems I think, like forever. I think it's, it's going on. I mean, I, I think it's still happening, but. It's just not the not the the cool new thing to talk about. So people are uh, Zuckerberg ruined it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really did. Like, like everything. Hmm. What else? Yeah. What else you got over there? Eh? I like this question you got here. Can I ask this question? Has oh, that already been asked? No, no, no. no. All right, go ahead. It's kind of more abstract. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Be scared. If you could swap lives with someone for a day, who would it be? And what would you hope to learn or experience from that exchange? Oh, gosh. I mean, that's an easy... I would love to swap. Yeah. Who is it? It would be my wife. 
That's I mean, come on. That's, that's a good answer. Where are you going with this? <laughs> you can see how much of an asshole you really are. <laughs> well, take Ken's example. He knows he's an asshole. Yeah, it's a five-year-old asshole. Yeah, I'm curious. Why what would why why the wife? What um it's awesome. Well, I mean, listen, we uh I, I'm every family is different, but we have been in our roles right at, in, in this family dynamic for so long like you just sometimes don't see that perspective that side of it yeah and i would love to see it i mean what happens when i go away for the week or multiple weeks or, yeah yeah like, that's a, i don't know the it's a great answer the different dynamic on. yeah yeah good answer huh no, who comes to mind uh, I think I'd want to be an astronaut. I think right now my mindset is like I want to see the the blue up there. I've heard the the blue is a mind altering experience. You go through like yeah. some blackness for a few seconds, and then all of a sudden it's like a blue that your eyes have never seen, and yeah. it makes you rethink life. And so that's kind of my goal in life is mm-hmm. I want to do it someday. That would be really cool. Uh, so I switch with someone that's been up there. I mean, if it's just for a day, I mean, it's kind of kind of cheating on Adam here, but I would do my kid. And just get the experience of, and especially like, cause I know what my parents, what I thought of my parents when I was <laughs> six, seven years old and yeah. then from then on. And I'm really curious. I mean, it's scary. Don't Some get me wrong. You don't want to know maybe. But I'm just like, am I as cool as I think I am? I was say, we're so much cooler. Than <laughs> right? Jeez. <laughs> what about you? Read it one more time. Read it one you more wrote time. this question down. You don't have to read it one more time. If you could it was swap. a filler. <laughs> we needed it. <laughs> if you could swap lives with someone for a day, who would it be? And what would you hope to learn or experience mm-hmm. from that exchange? Wow. I just, I always go back to like Abe Lincoln. I would oh, want to say that is such a cop out. That is Abe Lincoln. <laughs> Maybe the day he got assassinated. I don't oh. know. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know about that whole thing was like everybody, like there was the secretary of state was almost was somebody was shot. Another guy was like almost, but they caught him like it was a whole thing. And like they they caught all different random people, not just it was not just a one time thing. And not right at that one location. No, no, no. It was like a coordinated. It, we're going to take them all out. It was a. It was a, it was like a mass hit. Mask. And the only thing that only one that actually succeeded was what was uh booth, booth. Yeah. Yep. That's oh wow all right because they hung them all afterwards when they <laughs> find them all that's, that's how i thought about it <laughs> what else yeah, yeah what else, else you, get get out there? There? you flew in all you maybe got off the plane hopped in the studio yeah like 15 minutes luckily it was close <laughs> explain <laughs> the experience when you when they open the door of the airplane to phoenix from coming from oh god he was saying when they opened the door to the studio for the first time well, yeah, I've, I've never experienced that heat. That heat, horrible. I've never seen that number before. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> he literally, he looks, he looks startled right now. <laughs> Real? Like, am I in hell? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. My kid is out riding, and he just started middle school. He's riding a mile and a half each way, and he's riding home like three, wild. three in the afternoon with a thirty-pound bag on his back, and he's loving it. He's oh, there, he's gonna get it. He loves, he loves it. it. He's like, yeah, yeah. You got to be okay. Instead of like, I would die. I'd be like four pedals in, and be like, I'm out. I just get me, get me out of this heat. <laughs> I need a rock. <laughs> he hasn't done it yet. Uh, what about Airworks? What anything anything else you want to get out about the group? And yeah, I mean, we're usually Kent drops the how's the culture and all that. Can you kind of like sum up how 
the company is and all the great things that you guys are doing? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, we take our culture, I would say very serious, right? We, um, I would say the most recent growth kind of, uh, it was like kind of end of pandemic post pandemic. And so we tried to come back to the office for a little bit and then we went back to, uh, you know, the mixed, um, hybrid uh, hybrid and, uh, to try to keep culture up as you're hiring more people that are just in different States and different time zones and kind of keeping that going, it can be a challenge, but, uh, I think we have a lot of fun as a company with different uh, happy hours that we would host, or we have a Jen started a coffee hour on Friday now, which is a lot of fun. So not just people in the office can have fun. Everybody gets into it. Um, but yeah, uh, I would say again, because we're such a young company and we see all these unique use cases come across the table, uh, we can sometimes it's challenging, get distracted, right? Uh, but it does give us, I think, the place to uh, try new things. Um, I think a lot of the newer hires that that we've made have the ability to really kind of step outside of, you know, maybe that experience they've had in bigger firms, right? Mm -hmm. That can be kind of boxy, right? Um, to really kind of take their own ideas and and really make something of them. Right. And I think we give that opportunity to everybody that works at our company, which is really awesome. That is really cool. Yeah. If you had a mantra for your company, what would you, what comes to mind? Oh, it would be, how does it matter? I already Love said that. it yeah. earlier, yeah. but yeah. how does it matter? Yeah. That's, That's good. good. Yeah. I got that one written down. All right. <laughs> what else? Aaron, you got anything? We're about, we're about to uh, take a big trip, right? Yeah. My wife, she's the best. She totally said yes to it. But yeah, I fly out tomorrow to New Zealand for two weeks, and it's going to be so jealous. Yeah, so yeah you're, already, you're, already, you're already there. <laughs> anyway, projects, projects got passed off. Like all my right. laundry's done. House is clean. Yeah, I'm, I've been I've been on short timers uh, syndrome here for the last few days. It just nice. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I can't wait to hear about it. Thank you. Yeah, I'll have some very cool, good photos and stuff. Awesome. I bet. Any last word, Sean? No, no, no. Just no, none. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I need to get, need to go home and Google some stuff and learn about quantum computing and half the words that Adam was saying. That I'm back uh, better prepared next time. <laughs> oh man! Sometimes you don't need to know how you get there, right? That's right. That's right. Just it's true. Just celebrate it when you're there. Yeah, that is true. Right, Adam. Thanks, man. Appreciate you being here. It's awesome. You came in studio. I'm glad it worked out. Aaron, thank you. Sure. Sean. Yeah. As always, whatever. Whatever. Think value in making friends. That's what we do. If anyone would like to be a guest on a future show or has any ideas, uh, cool ideas, we'll call them, shoot us an email at info at thegeoholics.com. Uh, Leon Bridges. What's the name of the song? I got it wrong. Smooth sailing. sailing. Available everywhere. Until next time, everyone, ask yourself, how does it matter? Most importantly, be safe and healthy. Sweet pretty baby, won't you be my lady? Oh, sweet honey darling, you know I'm calling. I want you. Sure. Is it a like the way? Is it a like the way? Share your ship now, and it be your problem. I won't wear you down. No, honey, I won't wear you down.